I'm Kimberly C. Paul. Today we talk with Kathy Zoitlin. She's a filmmaker telling a different story through her film, Living While Dying. How do we become the architect of our own destiny? Throughout two decades of working with the dying, I think I've discovered the secrets to dying well in America. We must learn to build the pathways to our last chapter, to create the blueprints that reflects our individual lives and values. Knowledge is power, and if we desire a death that reflects our life, we must become the designer. This has been a journey. I think we've been talking to one another for a couple of years now, and I've been watching the process of you making this film. And I'm really grateful to finally have the opportunity to talk to you about the finished product. Oh, thank you. So tell me about your background in film and television and how this whole film thing around end of life kind of evolved. Well, so there's a, a pretty long story because I started making films back in college and that was in the early 70s. And I, I was self-taught um, basically in a group of women. We wanted to change the image of women in media. So we uh, created a, um, a women's collective and we made a little documentary about ourselves called Wishful Filming. And it was our vision of working in a non-hierarchical world. And... Um, you know, I was basically pursuing that um, idea of changing women in media for, um, you know, that, that got me started. And um, something led to me uh, being hired on an all-women's crew that ended up sizzling, and I landed back in L.A. where I had grown up, and I started working in the lowest level on Hollywood movies and um, realized there weren't other women who had any um, anything to say about what was in the film. You know, they were just, um, well, the highest position was script supervisor, which was really important, but not directing or producing. And um, So I found other women and we... Um, created a company to promote and distribute films by women and make our own documentary. And our documentary was about lesbian mothers and child custody. And um, so I think it was the notion of uh, reaching people's hearts and minds that's been a through line for me in terms of filmmaking. And, um, you know, but as a, career, I became a camera assistant. Um, I had to earn a living. Eventually, I worked my way up to being a, a camera woman, and I worked primarily on social issue documentaries um, for many years. Um, eventually, I started shooting a daily television show, and, um, and that somehow, the fact that I was Oh, I know what it was. I, I was shooting every day and I had access to camera equipment and my sister was helping organize the Great Peace March uh, across America. Uh, you know, So I got interested in documenting that Peace March and took off basically from my TV job to document people who walked across America for nine months and then made a film about that and which led me to the first Soviet-American Peace March, and that's where I met my husband, who's a Lithuanian cameraman. And then 
basically getting married and having kids, I stopped films altogether and got involved um, in earning a living as a massage therapist. It all kind of circles back to making a, a film about the end of life because I was learning about um, spirituality and you know the, the direction I took as a massage therapist was I uh, became a craniosacral um, therapist and that and really it required me to learn more about consciousness and spirituality and and I also got more involved in as my uh, youngest daughter was growing up I re-entered my uh, Jewish faith in order for her to have that kind of a education it became part of my education in in a spiritual way and um, and I got drawn actually back into the world of film and television when I, I just decided um, my younger daughter by now was 16 and, or 14. I don't know. She was a young teen, and she wanted to be uh, a cooking show uh, host. And I was like, wow, you're a long way from that. But what if you hosted learning how to cook as a teenager? And I created a pilot for her to um, be in a cooking show. and then met somebody who was teaching a Kabbalah class, Rabbi Rami Shapiro, and he had this documentary idea about a Wisdom Keepers project that would be about interspiritual teachers from every different faith background. And we, all of this just brought me back into the land of video, even though, you know, it's like, and now, you know, re entering video after 15 years of being away, it was like a whole different. Um, uh, it was just a different um, landscape because there was more accessibility, uh, you know, for individuals to make our own work, you know, to even become our own editors. And um, so I did work for 10 years with Rabbi Rami Shapiro and some other people on something that we called Holy Rascals. And we tried making media about... Um, interspirituality, and we were um, filming different teachers, but we didn't have skills in raising money, and so we didn't really ever get that completely off the ground. Um, but we entered a contest, and it was a contest about um, spirituality in the workplace, and we won money, and we were like, oh, let's enter another contest. And so the next contest was about innovation, and we were looking at what's innovative in spirituality and at the time, my partner, uh, Wendy Russell, her husband, Michael Sazno, he's a music thanatologist. And so that meant he was playing the harp at the bedside of people who were dying. And we thought, well, that's innovative in spirituality. And we made this little three-minute film about music thanatology. And at the end of it, we looked at each other and went, oh, my gosh, this has really been something I've been curious about and interested in. For a long time, and we were both thinking, let's make a documentary about death and dying. And so, really, that's the long history of how I came to this particular film, um, and started it from a place of basic curiosity. And I have to say, beyond the curiosity, it it became it felt like a calling. And the only way I can um, describe that is. As soon as I um, kind of 
said out loud, I'm interested in this subject, um, my mother's partner got a terminal diagnosis, and I talked to him and said, would you mind if I got my camera and filmed you while you're in hospice? And he said, I wouldn't mind. I would love it. Didn't you know I'm a Leo? Bring, bring your camera. So that really got me started. <laughs> That's awesome. So really that answers a lot of questions like what brought you to end of life. But this film involves personal experiences with friends and families. Tell me a little bit about creating Living While Dying and why that title? So Living While Dying came to me, I think, while I was working, while Claire was still alive. And, you know, I was, I, I would say that I was, you know, a, raised in a culture that's death averse. I didn't know very much about dying. I, you know, it's, um, I had at a certain point actually hosted a friend of mine during her, um, time of hospice in my own home because she, um, because she asked. And so I wasn't completely unaware, but I was mostly unaware of, um, what life looks like at the end. And when, Claire was in hospice. He was just wrapping up loose ends, and he was calling people, and he was um, engaging with his family, and he was so clearly still living that it was just so clear to me that, like, I had had a false impression that dying was a different thing than living. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I named it living while dying because we do live to the very, you know, dying very momentary. That That is so true. So your mother plays or, or makes uh, some appearances in this film, which I think she stills the show. She is an amazingly um, curious individual herself and really loves to laugh at the obviously awkward moments when talking about death and dying and especially her own death and dying. What was that like for you as, as her daughter? Um, well, that's the same mother that raised me my entire life. <laughs> it's sometimes I think more surprising for an audience um, than it is for me um, that she's so comfortable talking about death or dying um, because she's just, that kind of a person. And um, so um, I'm very lucky to have her. It was sort of a normal day conversation with her. Though. Yes. I mean, I hadn't, my mom had already been enrolled in a death and dying class and workshop and, you know, been getting all of her papers together and sharing them with me and showing, you know, showing me, okay, these are where the papers are. They're in this drawer. If I'm dead, you know, you know, you know, where to find things, and um, and she's got through, you know, her advanced directive. And... Well, there's one scene in, in the movie where she climbs into a coffin, a wooden right, box. Right, And y'all are sitting there having this conversation, which, you know, I, 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 I get, you know, some people can talk about end of life, but this was a unique, and I, this is why I hope people watch this film, because <laughs> y'all were talking about death and dying and experiencing some things that not everybody experiences. But for, I giggled because it was, it, you guys were having a normal conversation and nobody was, 
Y'all were laughing. Well, that's the thing that I think we can all learn is that when we integrate the fact that we do die, you can, you know, you can laugh. It's obviously not funny that when you lose your most beloved, and my mom is one of my most beloveds, and I don't think that's funny. You know, when she dies, that's going to be like major grief. But she was alive in that moment when we were talking about it, so we could still laugh. And um, the reason I had her climb inside of a, a coffin is just because I'd been watching so many films about death and dying, and every single one of them had a scene walking through a cemetery. And I was just like, okay, that's a cliche. I can't do that. What's visual and not a cliche, you know, where we can go and talk? Because, you know, it's like with a film, you're just having to come up with something visual all the time. Right. So that was a prompt for me to, you know, have her sit in a coffin. I had envisioned us sitting in there together, but it was too small. And we couldn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> and and she even closes her eyes and in in makes a, a sort of a funny comment. And it, it's yeah. so off. I was just like, oh, that is that's sort of funny. Um, the the film well, you is. See, there's a, a group of people in New Zealand, older people who are building their own coffins, and they do a music video where they you know, dance with top hats and sing. And it's really quite, quite amusing and entertaining. And, um, and the, the coffin that we used was hand painted by a person who does that for other people. And she keeps it in her living room as a coffee table. <laughs> I love it. So what are your hopes um, for this film? I mean, what do you hope the audience walks away from? like knowing, um, learning the objectives of what you, you hope this film, um, how, how do you hope this film will impact those who watch it? Well, the film's very personal and it's about my experiences coming up close to death and dying and the end of life and what those, you know, like what it brings up for me and for the characters, characters that are my friends in the film and what I hope brings up is conversation for the audience of, for, about their own experiences and their own uh, wishes for the end of life. I really hope it works to stimulate conversation, and I hope it makes conversation a little easier, and I hope it makes, um, the, makes space for you know, the compassion and the care and the loving kindness and the laughter and the love and all, you know, that I really hope that that's the kind of thing that happens from, you know, you know, it's one drop in people's lifetimes. It's 45 minutes. It's, you know, but it is images and music. And so there's the strength of it. Um, so I, I did have one public screening so far and the people who came said, you know, that it was beautiful and honest and personal and moving. So it actually fulfilled my hope. And the fact that people laughed really does make me happy. Um, it's not a comedy that, that we find 
amusement in life up until the end, you know, can be one of the tools of living. And um, actually, my other hope of this film is that I would, you know, like, make enough money to support other organizations that support people at the end of life. And, you know, that I would have so much success that I think that initially one of the big things, you know, it's like when you make something and it works, you also see exactly how it doesn't work. And I would say something I have represented is people who had community and having community is huge and, and um, makes it makes the end of life easier. And there are a lot of people without community. So assuming my movie could be successful, you know, the dream of it having financial success is that I could then support people who are more isolated and, um, and support other people who do that, you know, to be deaf companions for, you know, for the people who don't have that companionship. Was it weird to always have a camera around? Um, how were, how, I mean, you did this on your own. You might've had a, a, a couple of people helping you. Um, but how was that received by your mom or your friends that were facing end of life? Um, how, how did they, why did they want it, their lives to be shared? I think that the people who, um, chose to be in my film felt that it was part of their legacy and it is um it's a gift um that they were willing to give to other people to allow people in to the kind of sacred and intimate end of life experience and um so um you know in in one case my friend don um, when he heard he had a terminal diagnosis and he was a person I knew in the tango community. So he and I were friends, you know, we would, we danced together and, and, and we'd also, you know, gone on camping trips together and we were, you know, community friends. And, um, when he got his diagnosis, he just called and said, Kathy, I just, want you to come with your camera and um, I want to give you carte blanche to, you know, just be here whenever you want to be here, come and go as you please. And um, I just think he thought of it as a way to give a gift to um, people, you know, after he was gone. Well, and it is, I mean, it is a legacy. Um, I mean, I'm meeting these individuals that um, perhaps are no longer here um, and they're impacting other lives, especially those um, watching the film. How can individuals get in touch with you about bringing this film to their community? I think the best way to get in touch with me would be through my website, which is www.livingwhiledying.org. And they can arrange um, some of these screenings um, in their uh, local community. All they have to do is request um, and sends you an email. I would love to do screenings um, in other communities. And um, I'm organizing a tour right now for the Northeast states that will be in mid-May and June. And you know, I just started there because my sister lives there and she's helping me. But I'd really like to take the film to um, as many communities as are interested and as I can 
um, figure out, you know, that's a, it's like a puzzle, I guess, to figure out, like, can I take this here and you know, coordinate it all? Absolutely. Well, how can individuals support you? Because you're, you're doing this all, you know, on good faith. How, it, it's, is this, um, film, is it under a, a nonprofit? Can people donate, um, to support, um, this film or support you coming to their communities with the film? How does that work? Yeah, I actually, I need that kind of support. Um, so peace, Films Incorporated is the um, nonprofit that is sponsoring it as an educational film. And at the website, there is a donate button that goes to PayPal. There's also a generosity campaign, which you can link to at the website. And, and it's a nonprofit generosity campaign. So all the money that people would give toward, you know, getting the film distributed is um, goes to a nonprofit, and um, the other thing that you know, it's like I'm hoping I could find sponsors who might want their name associated with love and comfort at the end of life. And so, if anybody has any you know networks that have that kind of you know access to that, that would be helpful. Corporate sponsorship would be uh, really wonderful. Yeah. Because then I could do screenings, and I could do screenings without having to charge. You know, it's like that's <laughs> what would be a nice thing. Yeah, you know, one of the places I will be doing screenings for sure in churches and synagogues. Um, and um, there's a at a, a you know there's an Art of Dying Institute in New York where where we will do a screening and. Um, I'm just at the beginning of figuring out all the places that I can do screenings. Can individuals, um, can they, they reach out and watch this film in their own homes yet? Or is that available? It will be. I haven't set it up yet. I have to get that set up where there will be online streaming, but I, I haven't, I haven't, like I'm in the midst of designing the cover for the DVD and, figuring out right. that setup for the online streaming. So eventually, yes. And then, of course, everything will be at the website, you know, so the streaming link will be at the website as well. Let's give the audience that that website one more time. It's livingwhiledying.org. I've seen the movie. Um, I believe that this is a, a really um, warm, heartfelt uh, way to to someone's legacy. Um, your mother plays a huge role in it to me. Um, I connected with your close relationship in it. And please, I mean, there's three ways we can help further this conversation. And that's by emailing Kathy and, and saying, hey, how can I get you to come to my community? Two, corporate, individual, how can we support these individuals that are trying to really opening the door and put some light on what death and dying is all about and not make it so scary. And I believe this film does that. And third is, is, you know, really get a group of people once the streaming um, comes about and let's have a conversation. And um, Kathy is, you're available to answer um, questions and emails and, and you're pretty personable. So you answer all of those. Um, So what is your email address? Oh, (laughs) it's, uh, it's going to be a spelling thing because my email address is my name, 
Kathy Zoitlin Zero. So it's C-A-T-H-Y-Z-H-E-U-T-L-I-N, the uh, numeral zero at gmail.com. And I'll add a link to your website as well as put Kathy's email into the bio right on the website of Death by Design, where this podcast is going to be so you can absolutely get in touch with her. Um, Kathy, congratulations. I know this has been a long process for you trying to finish the film. Um, It is beautiful. And I am really happy to promote such beautiful work. Thank you. I'm full of gratitude. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer.